0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
1: Welcome back in to the Arrowhead Pride Chiefs Training Camp Report. I am Stephen Serta. Day one of full team practice up in St. Joseph, Missouri for the defending Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. So we've got plenty to catch up on, plenty of news and notes from today's practice in St. Joseph, Missouri. Let me welcome in the leader of Arrowhead Pride, Pete Sweeney. But I think the real question on everyone's mind right now, Sweeney, is what did you think of Oppenheimer, not what happened on the Chiefs practice field?
2: (laughs) You are not to agree with this, Steve, but I, I... I liked it, but I, I think it might
1: be a little overhyped.
2: I come in with a B+. A little long for me. A little long for Three hours is too much
1: time. It is a little long, but it'll grow on you the next time you go see it, I promise. It's a, it's a fantastic movie. Barbie was also spectacular. I completed the Barbenheimer this weekend, so I am fully movied out for the weekend. So let's get into the chief stock. Uh, Obviously, I I think where we should start on Sunday, July 23rd, is the biggest camp storyline that everyone will be locked into all throughout the entirety of this camp for the Kansas City Chiefs, and that's Chris Jones, who we confirmed on Sunday did not report to Chiefs training camp on Friday, and due to the nature of the new collective bargaining agreement, he is going to pile up some serious fines until he decides to get to St. Joe.
2: Yeah, it's $50,000 a day, so... If we keep track of this now, the number is just going to go up and up and up. And that can get pretty high if you decide to get north of the four to five day range. you to talk about a couple of dollars, you know, at at that point. Uh, I think on the Chris Jones front, uh, this is something that that I expected. And what was a little surprising to me was the nature of Andy Reid's comments. If you're listening on our podcast channel, I know that Steve's going to take care of it. Later, you'll be able to you know, from the podium and listen to Andy Reid. Uh, Andy, it seemed like he was a, a little bit bothered by and holding out of training camp. He admitted that he was surprised, and you could you could tell in in his voice where he's saying, "Well, if it, we're not you're not here. We're, we're just going to keep on rolling." I think that it's starting to get to that point, Steve, where you can tell there's a that that amiable nature that it's been this entire time may, may be starting to dissipate. And uh, that's not a good thing, but as a reminder, this, this got a little dicey when Chris Jones was signing a contract a couple of years ago, and then they were able to finally come to an uh, agreement. And so I don't think anything to worry about yet. We're still what 45 plus days until this regular season game, but this may be a, a more extended situation than we first thought.
1: I also think that the Kansas city chiefs as a front office have been a little bit spoiled by players like Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Like they're, they're used to these guys just being like, whatever, we'll do whatever the team needs, needs us to do to stay competitive and be a champion uh, championship caliber team and, and all of that. And Chris Jones is saying, this is my last big payday. Pay me like I deserve to get paid. And I don't think anybody should stress, uh, I'm not ready to hit the panic button on this thing. If they don't get a long-term deal done, then that's a huge problem moving forward. But I, I think they are going to come to terms on an agreement. I don't think we should be very stressed out about it right now.
2: Yeah, and to Chris Jones' credit, now I, I don't know if he's taking the Mahomes and Kelsey discount, but the last time he did sign a, a contract, he did work with the Chiefs. Like, I believe what happened was he didn't end up getting a signing bonus with the contract, if I'm remembering correctly. And what the Chiefs did to skirt around that was, I believe, Uncle Clark, Clark Cunt, provided him a, an advance of his first game paycheck to kind of serve as a, a signing bonus. So he's been willing to work with them in the past. We'll see how far he's willing to bend this time around.
1: Yeah. Uh, again, I'm still pretty confident that they get a long-term deal done, um, and Andy will be fine in, in the long run. Uh, he he will not be uh, he will not hold it against Chris Jones for wanting to get a bigger payday out of this contract because he absolutely deserves it for the Kansas City Chiefs. But other notes from Sunday's first full team practice and. Uh, especially one note that you really don't want to see on day one of veteran practice at training camp is wide receiver Kadarius Tony apparently tweaked his knee fielding punts. Also rookie tackle Wanye Morris is dealing with a hamstring issue. Isaiah Pacheco continues to be on the field for practice, but in that non-contact jersey. And I I would imagine that's going to be the same for Pacheco for a little bit, but Overall, the Chiefs appear pretty healthy at the start of camp. You really don't like seeing Kadarius Tony <laughs> injured on day one, though.
2: Yeah, this this Tony situation and the tweet that I sent out, I I can see that it's already made its way to Giants Twitter, which after everything that Tony decided to do in the offseason is. Not looking pretty <laughs> as far as the last couple of tweets, quotes, you know, tweets that, uh, that I've seen. Uh, this is the caveat with Kadarius Tony. He is ultra talented. We've seen it in the regular season last year. We saw it in the playoffs in the Super Bowl with that punt return and the touchdown that was wide open. Uh, he is a, a very, very, very talented young player, but the problem with Tony is he just has a tough time staying on the field, and you saw today as he was just shagging punts and warm-ups, tweaking the knee. There seemingly were problems with Tony staying on the field. OTA looks, and so I I keep going back to it. I I think the Chiefs really want to see Tony be the number one wide receiver, but if you cover the team, if you follow the team, would you really take the over, let's just even call it 13-and-a-half games? Would you feel 100% comfortable about taking the over on seeing him make 14 appearances out of the 17. I, you you still have to have other answers if, if he is injured. And, man, not great uh, to see who you want to, one wide receiver, um, out of practice on day one, see if he sits back up.
1: Pete, you're cutting out a little bit. I don't know if you're using headphones or something, but maybe hold that mic uh, uh, closer <laughs> to the mouth. Uh right but we we got up most of that and yeah it's this was always the concern with Kadarius Tony and whether or not he was going to be able to you know be that number one wide receiver that the Chiefs have kind of spent the offseason billing him as and that's always been the biggest red flag with him is is he the kind of guy that can come in and actually play 90% of your snaps throughout an entire regular season And we have not seen any indication of that so far in his NFL career. So him being injured already is not great, but it's early in camp. And and I tend to think kind of what you were saying, Pete, with Kadarius Tony, it's not even can you get 17 regular season games out of him? It's just can you get him on the field enough to where he can be a a legitimate like wide receiver one for your team? Because the Chiefs have been billing him like that all offseason season. And this isn't a great start to it, but the Chiefs over the last few years have had a lot of success keeping guys on the field. And we see how they they manage, you know, veterans like Jarek McKinnon, who has had tons of injury problems in his career, but has managed to stay on the field for the Chiefs because of the way they manage his workload. And I think we're probably gonna see something like that with Kadarius Tony, even though he's a much younger player.
2: Yeah, and I, I think you're just hopeful at this point. It's it's really tough to to not call him injury-prone. And I'm, you know, I, I use that with caution because that's not always fair, I think, when, especially when these guys are young. Sometimes you can just get an unlucky your first couple of years and then you're, you're injury-prone. But now this is two seasons where you saw him deal with injuries and just it's just not the headline that you want to see on day one at camp for a guy that has missed half the season and, and back-to-back seasons to start his career. You would have liked to see him get through day one Uh, of practice so it's just a a wait and see thing the fortunate thing is Chiefs have a lot of time before week one and we'll see if he suits up this week
1: and I already mentioned that rookie tackle Wanye Morris was not on the practice field on Sunday after dealing with some kind of hamstring injury but I'm not too concerned about that because he's been a guy who has already been in practice been on the field participating in a lot of stuff for the Kansas City Chiefs but I am curious how they were kind of deploying that offensive line and what it looked like with Wanya Morris on the sideline.
2: Yeah, this, uh, this offensive line, uh, I, I believe what it would have been would, would be Wanya Morris at left tackle and then Lucas Niang at right tackle. But with Morris out of the mix on that second offensive line, you had Prince and uh who, if you looked at my 53 that I released earlier this morning, I had just off of it. I think the Chiefs try to retain him on the practice squad, so it becomes like your 10th offensive lineman. Same thing with Austin Ryder, who's the backup to your backup center, which I think in a pinch that Chiefs would put Nick Allegretti in at, at center, he could play all three of those interior positions. And so, get getting the opportunity there uh, with Wanya Morris sideline. But I think as, as soon as that hamstring is ready, you're going to see him at left tackle. And I would even go as far as to say I, I – I bet me Yang and Morris kind of rotate right tackle, left tackle, because I've mentioned this before. I, I think they're in a battle right now for that swing tackle position. You usually want to have one guy ready. If one of your tackles goes down, Donovan Smith or Jawan Taylor. And so uh, the sooner one Morris could
1: be back, the better one guy we did finally see on the field on Sunday was wide receiver. Justin Ross. Was he the greatest wide receiver you've ever seen in your life? Pete,
2: this, uh, this was, uh, interesting. I thought, uh, now, I, I didn't see any necessarily any flashes. He did make his first catch at camp uh, working with the second team, Blaine Gabbard. But when you got to the team portion of practice, 11-on-11, 11 11, it was interesting to see both him and Deneric Prince getting a lot of opportunities with that first team. The Chiefs continue to lean into that running back by committee. Isaiah Pacheco was wearing that yellow non-contact jersey again. We'll see when that one comes off in favor of the red jersey for contact. But, uh, yeah, you did have Ross participating with the first team, which I know will make uh, a lot of people happy. And look, if if you are in a situation where you get to the point where you say we can't necessarily rely on Kadarius, Tony, maybe that's where the door starts to, er- to open for the Chiefs keeping seven receivers, which to me, uh, that would be the thing that has to happen to get a player like Justin Ross on this team. I think those top six receivers are a little bit more solidified than people want to give them credit for. Uh, but a good first step for Justin Ross to actually get Some real time with Mahomes in that scrimmage setting,
1: and uh, another player that uh, I feel like Chiefs fans were freaking out a little bit over the first couple of days uh, of rookies and quarterbacks reporting was rookie wide receiver Rasheed Rice struggling a little bit with Andy Reid's training camp and the conditioning. But Andy Reid did mention that Rasheed Rice was the first player at conditioning tests today, so I think you can chill out, Chiefs fans. It sounds like Rasheed Rice is trying to get comfortable in this St. Joe humidity.
2: Yeah, I, I think that, that Rice is interesting. I, I've, I've mentioned it before. He, he kind of jogs a little bit slower than the other players as he's getting to, to line up. And then as soon as the ball is snapped, all, all of a sudden you see that quick twitch. You see that what he's able to do uh, in space. And Andy Reid just defending his guy, right? Because rookie, when he goes <laughs> on the field, the first thing he does on the first practice is throw up. Uh, I think he just wants to make sure that fans know he is in good condition. We didn't see anyone unavailable for this practice. That means everybody passed the conditioning test. And yeah, Andy went as far as to say that Rasheed Rice was one of the first, if not the first player to finish the conditioning test, which means he's in in good enough shape.
1: Yeah. That wide receiver group we've talked about it all off season. It's going to be the group we're paying the closest amount of attention to all throughout training camp uh, because it's the group we simply have the most questions about. And yeah, uh, Another group that we probably don't have that many questions about, but I was actually curious to see how they deployed these guys is that cornerback room in Trent McDuffie, Jalen Watson, Joshua Williams, LeJarius Sneed. And I, I thought you had an interesting note mentioning that Trent McDuffie was kind of lined up in the slot on the uh, chief's number one defense on Sunday.
2: Yeah, I think it was just more of the same that we saw toward the end of the last season. I really think that they, like LeJerry Snead leaning into what I believe I think it's Twitter, right? Sneed Island leading into let's let's keep Sneed and let's have him follow the opposing team's taller number one receiver. And let's let's use Jalen Watson on the outside and let's use Trent McDuffie as a nickel. He has that inside outside capability. And on day one here today, you saw McDuffie more so in that old Sneed role where he would you know, pop inside when the Chiefs, you know, had their five defensive backs on, on the field today was, uh, you know, when we first saw it, it was seven on seven. So it was the, the three defensive backs. But I, I think they're really leaning into McDuffie in that nickel position, which we know how important that is in, in today's NFL. And I talked to Spags during the, the off season, And one of the things he said is we're looking for another guy to step up. We know that Snead can do it. Uh, we know that McDuffie can do it. It would be nice to have a, a third player. So that, that third nickel position, that that backup, just in case someone were to go down, uh, is going to be an important subplot to watch here at training camp.
1: Yeah, and you mentioned it, and I, I think that's something really interesting to watch is we saw them deploy those guys like that towards the end of last season where yeah. all of a sudden LeGarrius Need, who had always just been this versatile Swiss Army knife player who was strictly uh, a slot cornerback for the Chiefs, but has size and length to kind of line up with some of these bigger wide receivers was playing outside and was playing outside effectively for the chiefs. So having the versatility of Legerious Sneed and Trent McDuffie, I think is going to be huge for this defense this season and huge for that cornerback room. So that's something to continue to pay attention to, but that's obviously a, a group that I think Chiefs fans are feeling really strong about as we get closer and closer to the regular season. Um,
2: yeah, and if you're Sneed, just very quickly, if you're Sneed and you know the Chiefs are not going to give you a new contract and you're going into the final year, you want to be that guy. You want to be up against Keenan Allen and Jamar yeah. Chase and you want to show what you can do because that's how you're going to really get paid. Uh, so I, I like the, the contract year role that they have for LeJarrius Snead, and I, I think he, it's just quite the opportunity for him not only to help the Chiefs win but to make a lot of money.
1: Yeah, he's a player that I think we've legitimately seen improve every single season that he's been in the NFL. And now if he's going to become all of a sudden like a a lockdown outside corner for him, he he might price himself out of the Kansas City Chiefs. But he's a very good player, uh, and uh, I'm expecting really big things from the Need and Trent McDuffie in the upcoming season. Uh, Any other notes, standouts, takeaways from Sunday's pressers?
2: Yeah, I, I not really the pressers. I just want to mention that uh, I just saw generic Prince, uh, and I thought Richie James had the best first days of, of, of any player. They popped for me uh, on offense. generic Prince, all kinds of catches, you know, leaping up, catching in space. Um, I, I just think that he is going to be a guy for KC. Even though he's an undrafted rookie, I really have him locked into this roster. I'll say it again, too. I, I mentioned it briefly before, but if you want to see my 53-man projection, my first one, usually I do about three or four of these, just depending on how camp goes. Uh, but I had my very first edition on Arrowhead Pride this morning, and Danara Prince is on that roster. So is Richie James. And Richie James, I, I think, is a player that maybe we're not paying enough attention to because there is a little bit of an obsession with the, the Rosses. I think a lot of people are focused on Kadarius Tony. But Richie James uh, is a player who broke out with the Giants, especially toward the end of last season. And he made a couple juke-like moves today that had the fans gasping. Uh, he, I, one particular one, red zone, Kevin on seven, going up against second-year player Nazi Johnson, just juked him out of his shoes. <laughs> Never easy for defensive backs, especially uh, until the pads are on. But I, I think that James appears—you know, this is based upon my eye test—to be one of the faster receivers that the Chiefs have, and and he's wearing that number 17, and we know how fast the old number 17 was, Uh, I think the Chiefs might have got one with Richie James.
1: Yeah, he's a player that the Chiefs have already been highly complimentary of, and we expect him to have a big role, and I I totally agree with you. I think he's the wide receiver that's getting overlooked right now because Kadarius Toney and Sky Moore are – more fun to talk about and you know Richie James is kind of this veteran who's bounced around a little bit but it's been effective everywhere that he's played so far in the NFL and the Chiefs already tried to trade for him at one point in his career so I think he is going to be a big playmaker for them and we'll continue to keep close eyes on that wide receiver room I and hopefully Kadarius Tony gets back on the field here pretty quick for the Kansas City Chiefs but that is the Chiefs training camp report Sunday July 23rd day one of full team practice Uh, Pete, thank you. We will talk to you again on Monday for the next edition of the uh, Chiefs Training Camp Report. All right, Steve, enjoy your Sunday.
0: From data privacy to the future of TV, retail media, and beyond, the world of digital marketing is constantly in flux. So how can you keep up? Well, the Current Report is there for you. Each week, marketing leaders on the cutting edge give you the latest insight. So if it's creating a buzz, they'll be talking about it. Subscribe to The Current Report wherever you get your podcasts.